Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, So we're going to get into um, uh, tonight in Genesis chapter 37 verse 2. In Genesis 37 verse 2, thank y'all for standing for the reading of the word. We'll be done with this um, real quickly. But it says this in verse 2. It says, this is the count of Jacob and his family. Uh, When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. And he worked for half of his brothers, the sons of his uh, father's wives, uh, Bila and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Turn to your neighbor and say he was a tattletale. All right, he was a tattletale. But Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So, so basically, Joseph was Jacob's favorite because he was the youngest. Um, can anybody relate to that, to either being the youngest? See, I was the youngest, and I can say I'm, I'm, I'm my parents' favorite because the youngest, you know. But um, he was the, the favorite because he was the youngest. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. It was a beautiful uh, robe and and um, so Jacob wasn't even trying to hide who his favorite was. He literally uh, robed Joseph in this colorful robe that really signified that uh, he was the one that was going to inherit all of Jacob's uh, uh, wealth and property. And so it was a birthright um, that he was wrapping um, Joseph with. And verse 4 says, But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And they couldn't say a kind word to him. So one night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. He said, listen to this dream. He said, we are out in the field trying, uh, tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. See, I'm kind of siding with Joseph's brothers at this point. But in verse 9, it says, so soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. He said, listen, I had another dream, and he said, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. And this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him, and he said, what kind of dream is that? Well, your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Um, tonight, um, we're going to be talking about confidence. We're going to be talking about um, how to uh, maintain or how to really uh, find some consistency in our confidence. It seems like we live in a world where it's hard to be confident in. Um, things are going crazy right now. Things are chaotic right now. But that doesn't mean that your confidence has to be chaotic. That doesn't mean that our confidence has to be inconsistent. But uh, we have access to something way more um, uh, constant than that. Um, so the title for tonight is in the form of a question, and it is, What Controls Our Confidence? Turn to your neighbor and say, What Controls My Confidence? What controls my confidence? That being said, y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Thank y'all for standing for the reading of the word. And let's pray over service tonight. Uh, Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight, God. We thank you, God, that we are here for no other reason other than to grow uh, closer to your spirit, God. So we thank you, Father, for every wall that might be up to crumble down right now in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's any kind of distraction, if there's any kind of impedance, Father, remove it right now, God. But let us be able to see clearly. Let us be able to understand 
understand clearly, Father, that we have uh, soft hearts and open minds tonight, Father, that we're going to be able to take in this word and use it as a seed and that it's going to bear fruit um, from it, God. So, God, have your way tonight. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. We thank you, Father, for uh, change breaking off. We thank you, Father, for the lost being saved. We thank you, Father, for the weary finding rest tonight. We thank you, God, that your will is going to take place. Uh, we love you so much, Jesus. And everybody say, everybody say amen, amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise? So I don't know if you get the same sense when reading that scripture we just read, but Joseph comes off as a pretty confident guy. Like he's talking about to his brothers and to his, his, his family, he's telling them basically that one day you're going to bow to me. Like, one day, I'm going to rule over you. Like, one day, I'm going to be your boss. Like, he had, like, a very confident um, mentality about himself, and, and he came off in a way uh, uh, that seemed almost overly confident, and his brothers um, uh, took part to that. But, see, Joseph was, was confident for a number of reasons. Firstly, because his father literally uh, wrapped him in a robe, a special robe, in front of his whole family and basically said, uh, you know, uh, Joseph, you're my favorite child. And not only that, but you're going to be the one to inherit my whole uh, property and all I have. And so uh, Joseph is getting built up with a lot of confidence right now in his uh, early childhood. He's about the age of 17. But uh, Joseph was also confident because uh, he had a dream in his life. He was confident because of the dream that God given him about uh, the, the times that the future was going to uh, uh, hold for him. Um, like, has anybody ever been confident in a dream before that you had when you were a kid? Like, you were very confident that you were going to be an astronaut, right? Like, you were very, like, nobody could have told me when I was, like, 13, you couldn't convince me that I wasn't going to play in the NBA. Like, I was like, no. Like, I'm on the route to, like, be in the NBA. Like, I was very confident in that dream, but then it seems like life happens, right? And and he become less confident. Like, I became less confident when I stopped growing. I was like, oh, maybe this isn't going to happen. Uh, but we all kind of have confidence in different things and dreams. And, and Joseph was confident in this dream and in this idea. But it seems like life can happen at times and strip us of our confidence. And even some things that we're supposed to be confident in, like the things that God says about you. Like the things that God says is in front of you. And we are confident about a word from God. But because life has a way of being life, uh, we lose our confidence. And, and, and we feel like we, we don't have the capabilities. But can I say just because you might have lost your confidence in something doesn't mean you lost your calling for it? That just because you might have lost your confidence in starting that business and writing that book and being that type of parent, just because you lost your confidence doesn't mean you lost your calling for it. See, God has a way of instilling something on the inside of us that even when we can't see it, God still sees it. Even when we can't uh, see it happening, God still says, no, there, it's right there in front of you. That's the kind of God we serve. But confidence is a funny thing. It's a fragile thing. Confidence can be something like you're confident one day, but then the next day, you know, so-and-so says something about you on Facebook, and then all of a sudden you think you're like the, the, the biggest loser ever, right? And then the next day, you know, you get a compliment on the street, and all your confidence is high again. And it, goes, it seems like it goes up and down and up and down, a roller coaster of confidence. You, you feel like you're the star one day, then you feel like you're, you know, you're lost the next. Like your confidence is going up and down. It can be a fragile thing. But see, what happens with our confidence is that it's not that us as humanity it's not that we are incapable of, of, of 
maintaining a confidence or, or having a, a, a consistent confidence. Really, our confidence is dependent on where we place it upon. Our, our confidence is dependent on what we choose to uh, put, give it control of. Like, the source of your confidence determines the strength of your confidence. So if your source of confidence is finances, is money, then as soon as that big account doesn't look how you think it should look, all of a sudden your confidence is now low. Like if your confidence is in your appearance, as soon as you have a bad hair day, now you're not confident anymore. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Your confidence depends on what you're going to be able to be Strong in or not, the source of your confidence is important. It can be a, a fragile thing. But I said all, things, all those things to say this, is that we have access to a source of confidence that cannot be, impen- cannot be broken, that cannot be stolen. We have, a, we have a, uh, access to a source of confidence that even when people say something about you behind your back, you can still have confidence about yourself. You can still have confidence about your calling. You can still have confidence about your identity. We're about to read the life about Joseph who had every reason to lose his confidence in his calling. Like if there's anybody who should have lost his confidence, it should have been Joseph. Because he was betrayed. He was uh, thrown into a prison. He was sold as a slave. Like all these things, he should have lost his confidence. But for some reason, he didn't. For some reason, he didn't lose his confidence and his calling. But it seems like you and I, as soon as the first thing goes wrong in our lives, all of a sudden our confidence is on the ground. So how do we uh, attain a confidence that even when life doesn't agree with us, we can still be confident about who God is and what God can do and what God is capable of doing in our lives? That is what we're uh, decoding tonight is that we're going to take a look at the life of Joseph and see how he was able to, even through the, the, the trials and the tribulations and the winds and waves of life, even though his life went up and down, his confidence was consistent. So that's what we're going to take a look at tonight and we're going to look at throughout some stories of his life and, and troubles that he overcame. And the first one we're going to take a look at is Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 23. And so context before we pick up is that now, uh, you know, Joseph, he's, he's the favorite of Jacob. He's wearing a robe uh, that literally says, I'm my dad's favorite on it to all his brothers and siblings. Like, can you imagine seeing that every day? Like, every day you wake up and this guy's walking around in his new robe and it says, like, I'm, like, I'm the teacher's pet, right? I'm the one who's the favorite. And so he, he, he's experiencing all that. And he, his dad tells Joseph to go out um, away from the house and go to his brothers and to check on him. Because remember, Joseph was the tattletale. He was the one who, you know, went up and, and told uh, his dad anything his brothers were doing wrong. He said, go check on your brothers and, and go see if they're doing everything right. Go, go check on them. Um, they're supposed to be tending the sheep. And so Joseph goes out to check on his brothers. And that's when we pick up in uh, verse 23 because his brothers saw him coming from a distance and they had built up so much hate towards uh, Joseph. They had built up so much animosity towards him that uh, it built up so large that their animosity soon turned into action. And, and so they uh, uh, played out on what they ha- the hate they had for him. And so in verse 23, it says, So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Like, right when he first got there, I can, I can already see him. Like, they were already, like, so, like, they're like, I'm ripping that thing off as soon as he gets there. And so they ripped off this robe that he's been flaunting around. But they, they, they ripped off more than that because at that moment, at that point, 
that was Joseph's identity was that robe. His identity was that he, he is his dad's favorite, that he is the one that's going to inherit everything. And then all of a sudden, this in a moment, people have a way of doing this. Like, have you ever had like a, like a good day? Like, you've been having a good day. You've been having a confident day. And you're just walking around thinking like, you know, you're, you're, you're all it. And then somebody says something to you so discouraging and you just feel your confidence go pfft. It falls off. You feel their identities go, it falls off. So, so Joseph walks up to his brothers, and they strip him of this robe he's wearing. And then they take it a step further in 24. It says, then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. And now the cistern was empty, and there was no water in it. But then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance. Coming towards them, it was a group of Ishmaelite traders uh, taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from the Gilead down uh, to Egypt. So the, the brothers saw the Ishmaelite traders, and a thought came to their mind. And, and we all know the story. They, they sold their own brother into slavery. They sold their own flesh and blood, their own brother into slavery. And then they tried to cover up his, his missing by telling their father that Joseph was killed by an animal. If there's ever anybody you should feel safe around, if there's ever anybody you should feel uh, you could be yourself around, it should be your family, right? Like if there's anybody you should be able to trust your dreams with, your, your, your ideas with, that you should be able to be vulnerable with, it should be the people uh, who you're closest with. It should at least be your family. It should at least be your brothers. But even though Joseph was vulnerable with his brothers, his brothers who were supposed to protect him, uh, they betrayed him and sold him into slavery. See, when we, sometimes when we, we, we try to put too much confidence in the people around us at times. We try to put too much confidence onto man. We try to put too much confidence onto people. We try to put too much confidence in the relationships we have. And that's really how insecurities are built in our life, by us trying to find security in other people. I'll say that again. Insecurities are built up in our life when we try to find security in other people. We try to say, you know what, I'm going to try and find my safe place. I'm going to try to find my confidence by uh, relying on these people and their compliments and their uh, approval and their opinions. And before we know it, we have dedicated so much confidence on this relationship. When that relationship goes south, our confidence goes south. And we're relying so much on people. But here's the thing. You're saying, I know some really good people. I know some really good friends. And they would never do that to me. But can I say this? There's not a person uh, in this world that can handle uh, the security and your confidence that's supposed to be on Jesus Christ. What you're doing when you're putting your confidence on people is that you're putting a God-sized weight on human shoulders. You're saying, I'm putting my confidence on the approval of this person. I'm putting my confidence on the, on the opinion of this man. And we all know how people act. They're, they're good one day, and it can go sour the next. And if we put too much confidence and too much uh, of our identity onto the weight and onto the words of people, people are going to fail us. It doesn't matter how good these people are. It doesn't matter. We're all human. If there's something that, that we can't escape from is our own humanity. And as long as people are human, people will be imperfect. 
And it doesn't matter how great this person is. If you say, well, you don't know my boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't know my friends. Like, I tell them everything. I can, like, they're, they're, you know, they're, they won't hurt. They would never do that. They would never hurt me. But can I say, you are doing them a disservice if you put all your confidence on a person. You are doing them a disservice if you put all your confidence on the opinions of somebody. Because what you're doing now, that is not, that's not a healthy relationship. That's a toxic relationship. That's not something that God said, I approve of. That's God saying, no, I'm supposed to be that person for you. I'm supposed to be the one that you put your confidence upon. I'm supposed to be the one who you're supposed to look for approval, not people. Because if you put your confidence in people, people are going to fail us. That's point number one for tonight is that we can't let people control our confidence. We can't let people control our confidence because if you're just confident when people have a good opinion of you, people's opinions change like the weather. People change every day. And so if you just let people determine your confidence, your confidence is go up and down. You're going to be able to feel really great about yourself one day, and then you're going to feel terrible about yourself the next because someone put something on Facebook, because something commented on your Instagram. But let, let me encourage you with this. When you put all your confidence on Christ, Christ will never, ever be somebody who will tell you what you're not, what you should be. There'll never be a time where when Jesus, when you spend time with him, that he will say something or do something that's going to hurt your purpose. There will never be a time when you put your confidence on Jesus and then he collapses under the weight. That will never happen. That is why we have to put our confidence in Jesus. Are y'all, are y'all hearing what I'm saying tonight? Too many times do I hear people say, you know, I was doing so great. I, I, man, I was doing so good. But then all of a sudden, you know, just the people around me, they just started saying all these things. And I felt betrayed. And, you know, now I don't feel like I should go to church. And I don't feel like that. Can I, can I say you put too much weight on those people? You've given those people too much control. You, you, you've done too much. Can I even say it's not those pe- people's fault? Because you need to know already right now, don't be misunderstood. People aren't perfect. And so if you try to put your whole identity on the opinion of a person, eventually that's going to come back and bite you. Eventually that's going to come back and get you. But if you put all your confidence on the name of Jesus Christ, not only will you be built up, but you're going to stay built up. Not only will you have confidence, but it will never go down because Jesus is the only one who can handle that kind of weight on his shoulders. So we can't try to be somebody who, who is always trying to please other people. Have you ever met that person, the people pleaser? Like they want to please everybody. You know, they want to, you know, I, I want to make sure that I wear this because they might get mad if I don't. I want to make sure I say this because she might be mad if I don't. And, and if you've ever met if, and ever talked to these people pleasers, you know that their confidence is like lower than low. If you ever talk to them, like they, they spend all their time trying to pleasing people, thinking that that's going to make them more confident. But that leads them to being more and more insecure. Because if you try to please everybody, you're pleasing no one. If you try to please, like, there's never be a time when you can have everybody happy. Believe me, I tried. There'll never be a time when everybody in your life is going to be like, wow, you're such a great guy. There'll never be a time like that. But if we just focus on pleasing one person instead of everybody, if we just focus on pleasing one name instead of every name, 
if we just focus on pleasing Jesus, it doesn't matter who's displeased with you. It doesn't matter who's upset with you. If Jesus is happy with you, then you can be confident that you're in the right place at the right time that God has for you. Jesus has to be that name that we please. As we continue with the story of Joseph in Genesis uh, 39, and so Joseph has been uh, sold into slavery And it says in uh, chapter 39, verse 1, that when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased. He was sold. The the son who was set to inherit the the property and the prosperity of his father is now a slave. It says he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was captain of the guard uh, for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And the Lord was uh, with Joseph, so he su- succeeded in everything he did uh, as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. But Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. So giving him success in everything he did, this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, and he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. See, Joseph was sold as a slave, which is quite literally the lowest of the lows. Like, that's rock bottom. If you want to know what rock bottom is, it's being a slave in that time. Like, if you were sold as a slave, like, you had no possessions, you had no identity, you literally didn't even own yourself. Somebody else owned you. Like, that's the lowest of the low, and yet, even though he was at that point in his life, somehow, someway, Joseph still had confidence in who he was. Yet somehow, someway, even though he had the lowest title, even though nobody noticed him, even though he had what most people would say was uh, 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 a bad place to be in life, he still had confidence. Even though in the position as a slave, he still had confidence in who he was. Uh, Point two for tonight is that we can't let positions, everybody say positions. We can't let positions control our confidence. By that I mean this. Do not let your confidence be based on your job title. Don't let your confidence be based on the position you have or or some kind of hierarchy you have. Be careful because if you let your position or your confidence be based on your position, things can happen, demotions can come, jobs can change, and before you know it, now you have no more confidence. Because the thing you had so much confidence in all of a sudden is no longer uh, the present factor in your life. And now you're saying, I was so confident as being uh, this. I was so confident as when I was the manager. I was so confident when I was the, was the boss. But now I'm this, and now I don't see myself this way. And now I'm insecure about myself because we were putting our confidence with what we're positioned as, what, what our titles are. But when our confidence is not based upon our title, but when our confidence is based upon Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're the CEO or if you're the minimum wage worker, your confidence stays the same. It won't matter if you are doing the lowest on the totem pole or if you made it to that the top of the ladder, it won't matter where you are in life or what position world the world might put on and the title they, the world might give you, your confidence will stay the same. We can't let what the positions or titles affect our confidence in our life. Because if we do that, things change, positions change, and at the same time, if that's attached to all that, if, you're, if our confidence is attached to what the world says we are, the world's always going to say something different. It's going to say something new. 
It's going to say something uh, that was good one day and bad the next, and our confidence is going to go up and down, and we're going to be unsure about ourselves. But when our confidence is attached to Jesus, we can say, it doesn't matter what position of life I am in. It doesn't matter if I am at the bottom. I'm still going to live confidently like I know who God has made me to be. Like I, I know where God is taking me. Joseph was a slave, but he was living like his dream was going to happen tomorrow. Joseph was at the lowest of the lows, but he said, you know what? I, I, I could let this affect my confidence in who God has called me to be. Or I can put my confidence not in the things around me or the titles that people put upon me, but upon the, the purpose that God has put upon me. I can put my confidence into that. And even though he was a slave, he still had confidence. Even though he was at the lowest of the lows, he still had confidence. That's why we can't tie our, our self-worth to, to what we're doing or to what job we have. Because things can happen, things can go, and, and what, what can happen is if we say, God, you know, I, I don't want to uh, live confidently for you, or, or I, I won't do all that I can do, or try my best until I have the title next to my name, God can't trust you with a title if he can't trust you with a towel, right? God can't trust you with influence if he can't even trust you and nobody's looking at you. God will not trust you at the top. If, 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 when you're at the bottom, you're, you're, not even, you're acting like, oh, I'm in the worst. I'm not, the, God won't trust you with that top position if, he, if you can't even handle starting at the bottom. You want to know how I believe? I, I, when Joseph's life, all that was happening was God preparing him for his purpose. If Joseph would have said when he was a slave, said, look, God, this isn't what you promised. This isn't the title I wanted. You, you, you gave me the title of a, of a decision maker, the title of a boss. But right now I'm a slave. And if he would have had that mentality, he would have stayed a slave the rest of his life. But even though the world called him a slave, he said, no, no, no. That might be where I am in life right now. I am in life right now. That might be my title right now. But I'm going to live confidently like I'm the child of God that God has called me to be. And I'm going to do everything that God has purposed me to do. So we can't let titles be what uh, dictates our confidence in Christ. We can't let titles be the, the things that make us think that, okay, I'm living where God wants me to do. I'm doing what God wants me to do. No, we, our confidence has to be on Jesus. And this isn't in my notes or one of the points, but it came uh, to me a little bit too late. But we can't not let positions dictate our confidence. And we can't let possessions, everybody say possessions. We can't let possessions dictate our confidence because this is what I hear all the time. Or what I see all the time is people feeling so confident when they got that new thing, when they got that new car, when they got that new house, the new whatever, that new iPhone. So that, that used to be me. Every time the new iPhone came in, I don't care if nothing changed. It was new. That's all that mattered, right? And I was able to flash around that new iPhone, you know, you ever been one of those people? Or new, you know, whatever device. But who knows new is only new for a short period. New doesn't last. If your confidence is dictated on what you have, what you have doesn't last that long. And before you know it, 
you're saying, well, this new thing is now the old thing. Now I need to get this, and now I need to get that. And, and what happens is people get in what, you know, we call the next mentality of saying, you know what, you know, I need to I have this, but I need to get that next thing. Then, then, you know, I'll really feel good about myself. Then we get that next thing, and then that next thing becomes the old thing. And we say, well, I need to get this next thing. And so we get that next thing, and before we know it, we're in a cycle of this getting stuff after stuff after stuff after stuff and not realizing it's not helping our confidence at all. It might get us on a short-term high, right, of saying, look at me, look what I got, but that fades quickly. And that goes away before we know it, and we have to go over that next thing and go after that next thing. But see, when, when we put our confidence not in stuff, you see the, the flower fades, the grass withers, but the Word of God stands forever. When we put our confidence in not uh, possessions, but in the Word of God and what He says we are, See, we don't have to go out and find a new thing because the Word of God is the only true thing that had ever been on this earth that you can find. That deserves more of a response than that. The Word of God is the only true thing you can find. The Word of God is the only thing that will be able to last, the only thing that's going to give you the, really the foundation to build your confidence upon. If we build our confidence upon anything else but the Word of God, it's going to fail. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. What does that mean? Build your confidence upon something that lasts, not lingers, something that lasts. You could try to you know, build it on something that lingers, but you're going to have to go to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing before you know you look at your life and say, I'll, I'll waste a lot of time. We have to build our confidence upon Christ. In Genesis 39, so as we follow the story of Joseph, he He's been sold into slavery, and now, you know, you thought things were bad for Joseph, but they're about to get worse. After 11 years of working for Potiphar, Potiphar's wife started acting crazy and falsely accused Joseph of doing things. And, and so because of that, Joseph was thrown into prison. But in Genesis 39, verse 20, it says, Joseph's master took him. And put him in prison. Everybody say prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord, uh, it says the Lord was with him. And he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. And the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. So now Joseph, he, he went from being a slave to being maybe the only worst thing is now a, a, a prisoner, now somebody who is, who is confined and locked up. Uh, now he's in the, the worst season of his life. He's in a, in a prison, quite literally can't go anywhere, and yet he still has confidence. And yet, he still has confidence in who he is. Like, if I'm, I'm reading the story of Joseph, I'm like, man, this guy's not, this guy has either, he's either crazy or he understands something. Because he is still thinking that God's got a plan for his life. If I was Joseph, you know, maybe after I was sold into slavery, I'd be like, okay, you know, that's a hiccup, but God's about to save me. And after this happened, after he was betrayed by his brothers, oh, no, but after then I'm thrown into prison, I'd be like, okay, God. I don't know what's going on, but what you said, like, it's not going to happen. Right? I'm in the worst of the worst. I'm in the worst season of my life. I'm in the, the, the worst moments of my life. But can I say, even when life gets uh, 
bad, even when life gets unfair, you can still have confidence. Even when life doesn't go according to how you thought it should go, how you thought, how even you thought God thought it should go, but even when life gets crazy, you can still have confidence. The point three for tonight is that we can't let prisons control our confidence. We can't let prisons control our confidence. By that, I mean we can't let uh, low seasons, bad seasons, uh, seasons of, of what we've been through the past two years dictate the type of confidence that we have. Because if, if we let the season of our life determine the confidence that we have, your life's going to be a roller coaster, right? As soon as it goes up, you feel good. As soon as it goes down, you feel bad. And as soon as things get crazy, you get crazy. As soon as things get calm, you get calm. It's just going to go up and down and, and all around. But when you dictate, even when things are, are going against what you thought how it should go, but you're saying, God, I, I don't understand, God. I, I don't get what's, what's taking place right now. But I'm not placing my confidence on where I'm at. I'm, I'm placing my confidence in, in who you are. I'm placing my confidence on your name, not on my current situation. And, and God, even though things are confusion, I, I'm not going to lose my confidence. That's in, is when God can take us through these, through these seasons that seem unbearable. Can take us through these seasons uh, that, that feel like they are unfair to us. See, Joseph, he, he still had confidence even when he was in prison. He still had confidence even though he was at the lowest season of his life. And if you know the story of Joseph, you know that this shortly after he, he was in prison, he, he was soon then thrust into the palace and made the second in command of all over Egypt. But I really believe that how we handle the times of our prison season will determine if we get to the, to the palace season. How we handle the low seasons will determine how we will react in the high seasons. Because if, if we just give God the glory when things are good, if we just give God the glory when things are going according to plan, and we just have confidence in, in God when everything is going exactly how we thought it would go, God won't be able to trust us. But when, even when things are confusing, we still have confidence in God. That's when God can give us the promotion because he knows I can trust him even when things are bad. I can trust him even when things seem unfair. I can trust him even when things aren't going to what he thought how it should go because his confidence isn't in his current season. If his confidence was in this current season, he would have lost it when he was in prison. He would have lost it when he was a slave. He would have lost it when he was betrayed. But no, his confidence isn't in his current situation. It's in his future promise. His confidence in who God says he could be. His confidence is in who God said that what will happen in his life. That is where his confidence came from. And because of that, it was connected. And the, the prison and the palace was connected. And he was able to move into the season that God had for him. See, Joseph, he used the experiences that he had in life not to shatter his confidence, but to sharpen his confidence, to strengthen his confidence, to to, to make him see that if he can make it through this, then whatever is coming up next, God can get him through that as well. If you've ever been through something in this house, you know that if God brought you through it once, he can do it again. You know, hey, if God brings me out of slavery, this prison time is nothing. If, if God brought me out of a season of betrayal, me going through what I'm going through is nothing. And whatever the enemy has next is nothing. 
if we let the experiences sharpen us, sharpen our confidence and not shatter it, God will be able to bring us into a level where we have the confidence to handle it. Will you stand with me tonight in closing? I'll close with Genesis 41. So as we're looking throughout this, this life of Joseph, he's, you know, he, he, he's lived a, a crazy life. He's, he's been through it all. And if there's ever a person who should have lost his confidence in his calling, lost his confidence in, in his identity and his future, it should have been Joseph. Because literally nothing went according to plan. Nothing went according to how he thought it should go. But as we know the story, Joseph would decipher a dream that the Pharaoh had. And he was only able to decipher it because of the place in the prison that he was in. God uses every season of your life. Don't think that because you're in a down season means you're in a wasted season. Don't think this because you might be in a season of in-between that God can't use that season to get you where he wants you to go and wants you to be. Like everything, God can turn everything around for his glory. In Genesis 41, 37, so after Joseph deciphers Pharaoh's dream, it says this. So, so Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So the Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? One of the surest signs that you are filled up with Christ is that you have the confidence of Christ. That you have the confidence that Jesus is who he says he is. Ever talk to that Christian who knows it but doesn't believe it? Who knows God is a provider but doesn't believe he can provide? Who, who knows that God can heal but doesn't have the confidence that he can actually do it? But when you have the confidence in the name of Jesus, not in the name of yourself, not in the name of a person, not even in the name of, of, of anything that the world has, but in the name of Jesus, that is a confidence given by God. That is a confidence that won't run dry. That is a confidence that even when life goes up and down, even when life goes sideways, your confidence can still be constant. Then the Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. All throughout the life of Joseph, you see a similar theme. All throughout the life of Joseph, you see disappointment. You see disappointment. You see disappointment. You see things not going to plan. You see things not working out how he thought it would work. But every time that, that thing happened, every time a betrayal took place, it says in Scripture, but the Lord was with him. It said he was betrayed by his brothers, but the Lord was with him. He was sold as a slave, but the Lord was with him. He, he, he was thrown into prison, but the Lord was with him. Y'all see something that is consistent in his life? Y'all see something that could be built upon as a constant in his life? It's not the seasons of his life. It went up and down. It's not the people around him. The people around him betrayed him. It's not the titles he had. His titles left him. It, it wasn't the seasons of his life. He was, thrown, he was a prisoner. But his, his constant in his life was that the Lord was with him. It doesn't matter where or what you find yourself in tonight. 
I don't know your story tonight. I don't know what's going on in your life. But can I say something for sure? That the Lord is with you. I don't know. You, you, might, you might find yourself in a prison tonight. You might find yourself say, I feel like I've been betrayed. I feel like I've been sold out. I feel like I, I can relate to Joseph right now. That God promised me something, but I'm in a prison. God promised me something, but I feel betrayed. God promised me something, but I, it doesn't look nothing like he promised. But can I say that the Lord is with you. Don't base your confidence on where you're at. Don't base your confidence on what people are doing around you. Don't base your confidence on what kind of season you're finding yourself. Base your confidence upon that fact that the Lord is with you. Base your confidence on that, the, on that Jesus, his love is still for you. That it's never left you. That even when people betray you, even when things don't go according to plan, even when life gets unfair, God is still faithful in your life. God will never leave you nor forsake you. There will not be a time where you find a season in your life where, you, where Jesus will not be with you. No, every step that you take, every decision that you make, the Lord is right by your side. That is how Joseph was able to still have confidence because he knew that the Lord was with him. And he said, as long as the Lord is with me, as long as I know I got him on my side, as long as I know that he hasn't left me, I'm still going to live confident today. And it doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the place. It doesn't matter the time. I want to close with this thought. Is that our confidence is consistent when our confidence is in Jesus. Our confidence is consistent when our confidence is in Jesus. Life is crazy, we can all agree. People are crazy, we can all agree. Things will not go according to plan, but Jesus will always be faithful. Yeah. Jesus will always be by your side. Jesus will always be, it says, whoever calls upon his name, he will answer. If you knock, he will open the door. If you seek, you will find. So if we make Jesus the the core foundation of our confidence, your confidence will never leave you. Your confidence will never forsake you. There won't be a time in your life where you feel like you don't know who you are. Because as long as you keep your confidence in Christ, your identity will always be with you. With every head bowed and eyes closed, with every mind open, heart softened for this moment, this all led up to us really praying about this is saying, God, I want my confidence back. God, I, I want my confidence to, to be in your name, not in people, not in titles, not in positions, not in places. But Father, I want my confidence to be in your name. I want my confidence to be in your goodness. I want my confidence to be in your faithfulness. Because truly, Joseph, he got his confidence from his father. He got his confidence because his father showed a special love to him. Can I say, you got a father in heaven who has a special love for you? The same way that Jacob wrapped a robe of identity around Joseph, God has wrapped a robe of identity around us, and it's called the blood of Jesus, that we are covered by the blood, that we have a purpose on our name, that we have a future and not a past, and that if we just walk in the in the and the fact that we have a Father in heaven who loves us, who will provide for us, who will take care of us. If we put our confidence on that, our confidence will never leave us. So, Father, right now we pray, God, together. God, we pray, Father God, that if we have placed our confidence on any else, on any other place, on any other thing, then your name, Father, right now, God, forgive us for that, God. 
God, we acknowledge that we shouldn't do that. But God, we're going to put all of our confidence upon the name of Jesus, upon your word, upon your love, upon your faithfulness, not upon uh, money, not upon the world, not upon possessions, not upon positions, but God, upon the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Father, let us right now begin to put our confidence, God, on your name. And as we begin to do that, you will feel a confidence be stirred up on the inside of you. Maybe a confidence you never felt before, that you do have a future in front of you, that your promises are still attainable, that your dreams haven't died yet, that as long as you have Jesus on your side, as long as the Lord is with you, just like Joseph, it didn't matter the season of life. It didn't matter if people were betraying him. It didn't matter if he was in prison. As long as the Lord was with him, he still had his confidence.